Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome to the Backstory Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Cole. And on this episode, when it comes to legacy, there's only a few people in the music business that have a real serious legacy. And this brother right here has got over 50 years, 60 years of legacy in the music business and still relevant today. I am talking about the most amazing Mr. Ron Isley. How are you, sir? Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> It's really good to see you, really good to talk to you. I feel like my entire life, like there has been, and I'm 50 plus years old, so my entire life, I have a Ron Isley musical connection somewhere along the line. And it's just so phenomenal right in this moment that you put out an album named after a single on an album in 1975, or an album cut basically, and now you have a number one record remaking that record in 2022 you know how like insane that sounds <laughs> <laughs> you know uh i love that record so much you know it's one of my favorites you know so that's that's one of the records i wanted to do with her well i mean first of all then it's beyonce right so she's the, the one of the biggest artists in the game who uh you know is a fan of yours and wants you to be on a, a record with you and her together I mean, that must be super cool, man. So let's go back a little bit because you you are from the Cincinnati, Ohio area. And talk a little bit about you and your brothers and just getting into music. So you were the third of six brothers? Yeah. Well, my mother, she taught music. And uh, they always wanted to have a quartet. So they started me off singing at two years old. <laughs> wow. I was singing gospel songs and we had a gospel group. And... Uh, we had that all the way up until a certain time. And my father, he was a singer, too. Okay. And uh, he always wanted a group that could sing everything, pop, R&B, country and western, gospel music. He said, I want you all to learn it all. So they taught all of, all, all of the different genres of, of music <laughs> to us. And we left Cincinnati uh, when I was about 15 years old, going to New York to audition for Atlantic Records. That, that was when Frankie Lyman was out. Okay. Why do we sing so okay? And I, you know, and I, I, could, I couldn't wait to get to New York and have out a record so all of my friends back in Cincinnati could hear it. Right. So we had a couple of records out, but it took us a couple of years before we had the final record, Shout. I wrote yeah. the record Shout in Philadelphia, and uh, it took off. And after that, it was like we, we was ready to get down with everything, you know. And also a lot of non-African-American artists did the song as well at the time, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Beatles did Twisting Shot. That was our second biggest hit. Yeah. And we went over in England and uh, we came back and went to Motown and did This So Heart of Mine and wanted to have our own thing like Barry Gordy. And we decided because we lived in Teaneck, New Jersey, Teaneck Records. Yeah. We named our record company at the town we lived in. And our first hit record uh, was It's Your Thing. And uh, that was massive. 
Oh, it did five million records, you know. Wow. And we was off and running then, for real. So you said the Beatles redid your records. So were you fairly compensated when these artists uh, redid your songs? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, they they were imitating us over the, in England. Mm-hmm. They were doing shout and twist and shout. And they were doing the, ooh, you know, trying to be like us, you know. Yeah. And uh, from there on, they, they came to New York and played Ed Sullivan show. And... Uh, they did Twist and Shout was their first record for them. Not mm-hmm. not their first record, but one of the first records. And from that time on, they just became the Beatles. Real, 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 real Beatles. They wanted to stay at our house and we were tight with the Rolling Stones and everybody. And everyone when we went to England. And uh, we're still friends. And they said, if it don't be for us, they would have never made it. Wow. Yeah, that's what Paul McCartney and they have certain write-ups that will tell you that. And that was, if you want to talk about a viral global success, the Beatles in the 60s were like, I mean, that's a hard, I mean, that's a one of a kind opportunity and you influenced them. That must feel amazing. Yeah, it is. It really is. You know, Jimi Hendrix lived at a house. He he made his first record uh, with us. Uh, testify. When we went, went to England, uh, our keyboard player that we chose was Elton John. Wow. So, you know. That's amazing. So so you say you, you start T-Neck Records and you start your journey in the 60s here in America uh, on the R&B side, and then you, you hit a home run your first time out. What was that like? Uh, you know, that first song comes out and all of a sudden you're like a household name across America. Oh, well, that was a 1959 shout. And, it, you know, today, it's one of the, this is one of the records they play at everybody's wedding. Mm-hmm. Or when uh, it, uh, Buffalo hit, go score touchdown, they play, <laughs> they play yeah. shout. Yeah. You know, shout has been, is you know, everybody in the world knows that song, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. you make me want to shout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, it's again, it's, it goes beyond, you know, the moment you made it and that, you know, to make a record that's able to last the test of time like that. And then so many generations know it. Uh, I, I bet you probably walk around sometimes and you'll hear a song that you wrote or a song that you influence. And does it do you ever just take a step back and be and it blows your mind all the time, all the time? You know, it's just you walk up, somebody's getting married, and you hear a band in there playing, and maybe somebody singing shout in a movie or something like that. It's your thing. It's another song. Yeah. Twisting Shout is. We've had those kind of songs in between the sheets. Uh, we've been sampled by over a thousand rappers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. It's a wonderful feeling, and God blessed us to live this long. Not my, my eldest brother has passed away, and my younger brother passed away. But, you know, I'm still doing this music, and uh, I was doing it ever since I was two years old, you know? That's it's all you I, know. That's all you that's know. All I, know. That's, yeah. I love it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know it's a gift from God, and uh, that's why I want to do it. 
1969, you have It's Your Thing. Again, a massive record for you all. And then you go on this run, like, and this is kind of where, like, I remember from my childhood, because I remember your music was just so impactful. It was sort of like um, the one thing about the Isley Brothers music is sort of the DNA of Black America. Like, there's not many people in Black America that don't have a connection to your music or don't remember all of your amazing performances on Soul Train, because that's where we used to see all of our artists. So you start with, with It's Your Thing. Then you got I Turned You On. Let's talk a little bit about some of these some of these songs because you, you you really just started to go on a roll and it felt like you guys didn't really rest from like sixty nine to eighty was that kind of accurate you just rolled for like them eleven years yeah we, yeah man who's that lady oh man Fight the power you know living for the love of you hello it's me summer breeze <laughs> you know wow. All the way up, all the way up to the R. Kelly years. Yeah, yeah. You know, Contagious. And, uh, you know, I had uh, five albums during that time that were putting double platinum albums, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just a blessing, man, that, that you can sing something that everybody has you know, become very familiar with and, and they love, you know. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Work to Do, because that was another big record that I remember the song as a child, but then I remember Vanessa Williams redid the record at some point. But talk about that song. Where did that come from, Work to Do? What was that about? I wrote Work to Do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody was, uh, somebody, I think it was Joe Robinson said, I got some, I got work to do. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'm going to write something. You know, I'm taking care of business. Can't you see I'm trying yeah. to make it for you. I want to make it for me. You know, yeah. sometimes yeah. it makes me feel you. I'm neglecting you, but I love to spend more time. But I got so many things to do. I wow. got work to do. Wow, that's <laughs> got, amazing. Yeah, yeah Thomas, man. another Thomas song. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's talk about that lady. Who was that lady about? I forget. I I, I wrote that, and we recorded it twice. I wrote mm-hmm. that. Uh, I wrote that song and we, we, we recorded it. It did kind of well, but we wanted to do it again. And my brothers just got into guitar playing. And uh, he wrote a couple of, of the verses, too, for the new Who's That Lady. And uh, we we recorded that uh, when we uh, did added the, the brothers to the album. And that was our first single. And that was like a number one record. Yeah. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. What about Summer Breeze? Tell me about the, the making of that record, which is another timeless record. That, that record was uh, done by, I think, uh, Sills and Cross. And I, you know... I said, I want to do that record. And I, I had an idea of how the record, did I, the way we wanted to do it, you know. Right. And uh, right. we rehearsed it for a week. And we were in, uh, I believe, California. And it was wintertime when the uh, Who's That Lady came out. Right. And, and that was supposed to be our second record. But it was so cold. <laughs> I said, man, we ain't going to be talking about a summer breeze and it's freezing out here. Right, you know? right. And then, and, but the record exploded, you know. Yeah. 
And then, so America in the seventies, you know, we we had a lot going on in the country, and you come with the Fight the Power album and song, and talk a little bit about that moment for you, because I remember the as a kid, the Afros on the album cover, and it was like um, my parents were civil rights activists, so like every protest, like they would put that song on, like everywhere we would go, like it would be Fight the Power, and then obviously Public Enemy does their own version of Fight the Power many years later. But talk a little bit about because you had not really made records like that before until that moment. What was that about? Well, my brother Ernie, Ernest Isley, he's the guitar player. Mm-hmm. He wrote the song, you know, and in the studio, the words to the song was ch- just a couple of words were changed. And uh, all uh, he tried to play my music. You know, they say my music's too loud and all, all this nonsense going down. And I say, I, you know, when I was singing it, I said all this bullshit going down. Right, you know, right. And that that right. made the sh- song explode. And I said, you know, we need to say what the real feeling is, you know. And uh, if it's accepted, it's one thing. If it's not, it's, you know. But that's what I, I felt it should have. And that that's what, you you know, and that opened up a, another world for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was definitely for that moment. It was very yeah. uh, timely. So then another song, which, again, is I, I would say a timeless anthem is for the love of you. Talk a little bit about that song, because it's such a beautiful song and such a connection that you have when you hear it, like it really stops you in your tracks and makes you reflect. And it's just the way you sung that song. It was just so beautiful. We did three slow songs on that album and uh, three fast songs. Fight the Power. The, the name of the album was The Heat is On. Yep. And that album went number one and did about three or four million. I got a chance to do really get into my slow stuff. You know, slow singing. Because mm-hmm. after after singing records like Twist and Shout and and This Water Man and Shout, you know, it took a long time for me, you know, to switch over to what I really wanted to do. You know, and uh, that song was like it was amazing. That's the same album that we did. Uh, Make me say it again, girl. And. Uh, we never got a chance to release that because the record company said, don't release no more singles. Let, just let them keep on out. Keep on. <laughs> wow. And still today, that song, Foreign Love of You, and make me say it again, which you, which you know, you guys yeah. made, made it number one for five yeah. weeks. And Centrality was other so song. Oh, yeah. That was a really <laughs> good song, man. Yeah a different type of sound at the time too like it it was a record that when you played it on the radio it really stood out like you guys i mean you guys were always there was no in a in a business that is full of like copycats people always copycat a sound you guys was always unique with your music but also you were just trailblazing like you just was were constantly trailblazing with singles and um it took you uh almost 50 years later, but you did release it as a single and it's number one now for five <laughs> weeks. So <laughs> mission, mission accomplished. Um, but yeah, for the love of you, it's just a great, great song. Let's talk about harvest for the world to talk a little bit about that, that song. My brother, Ernest Isley, he wrote that, you know, I, we thought that song was so great, you know, mm-hmm. talking about what was going on and when will there be a harvest for the world. And there's still, you know, we look at everything that's going on right now yeah. and think about that song and say, hey, 
we still had to say, when will that, be? you know, when will the world, you know, stop the fighting and this and that, and that and this, and, you know, just have a harvest, you know. But it, that's the kind of songs he would write. He wrote Harvest of the World. He wrote Make Me Say It Again, Girl. And he wrote uh, At Your Best, Your Love. Oh, beautiful. In beautiful. Between the Sheets. Yeah, yeah. You know, on and on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So one of my um, all time favorite Isley Brothers songs and a song that that almost will bring a tear to my eye when I hear it, because it just it just it makes me happy, but kind of makes me sad a little bit is Voyage to Atlantis. Talk a little bit about that, about that record, wow. bro. He wrote Ooh. that song, too. <laughs> Bruh, that, song that record. Too. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And he wrote, who, I mean, who, who broke up with this man? Like, where, who, who, <laughs> tell me about this woman, please. I just, he wrote that song, man. And I felt that same way when I heard it. Yeah. Said, yeah. Wow, man. I stepped back and said, I, I got to do this song, you know. And, and then we, uh, he called it uh, Atlantis. And uh, he said, well, We're talking about another town, another time, and you, somebody would come back, and he would always love this person. That's what uh, we have in this song called A Voyage. Uh, you know, this new song that we have. Yeah. I mean, it's just the music is beautiful, just the way you sing it, and it's just that comeback. Like, yeah. that's just. Wow. Like, um, and again, I was a kid when this was out and it's like, it's, I vividly remember it and it really touches me and it's just such a beautiful song and it's not that many songs that make me feel that way, but that particular song, like whenever I hear it, I will stop and listen to it. Like it's the first time. And it actually makes me feel like it, I feel the emotion of it. Uh, and that song is, I mean, if I could ever say one thing to you in my life, I just did just tell you about how special that song is to me. But let's let's move on because then you do Groove With You um, in 1978. Talk a little bit about that record. I went to the studio. My younger brother wrote all the words to that. Groove With You, it had a special sound to it. And uh, at the time, I think Shaka Khan had a couple of records that had, had a kind of, kind of groovy sound. We used to listen to everybody's record, you know, before before, you know, going to record, because it felt like we were in a contest. And it feels that way right now. You know, like, we were very competitive. You know, whatever Marvin Gaye would do, you know, we'd say, hey, man, he did uh, Sexual Healing, we wrote In Between the Sheets. Yeah, yeah. You know? We're going to get to that one. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know, and uh, Groove With You was a special song to us. And, uh, we did wow i'm i'm trying to say uh the, the other song that we did I'm, i'll think of it in, in a minute okay yeah so groove with you man it's like man that was just that was a, that was a massive record and then we uh then we get into the 80s so talk about what it was like to be an artist in the like 60s and then transition into like the sounds of music in the 70s and then what were you feeling when you went from 70s to 80s? So, like, that was another musical transition. Things were changing. What was that like for you? What, what, what were y'all thinking in that moment? All right. The song I was just trying to think of a few minutes ago was Don't Say Goodnight. Oh, Don't get, Say Goodnight. Yeah, that was um 79. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 79. Yeah, yeah. And that was when, the, I, I believe, uh, Teddy Pendergrass and the group he was with was singing songs like that. And uh, he had the song uh, "Close the Door," mm -hmm. 
and uh, turn off the lights. Yep. You know, that type of thing. So we came up with the song, Don't Say Goodnight. Don't Say Goodnight, yeah. <laughs> and actually, years later, the first time I ever talked on the radio, in radio, when I was an intern, I had they had me jump on and do this dedication, and it was the tail end of that song. So oh, in, yeah. my, in my illustrious career, the first time I ever said anything on the radio, it was on the back end of Don't Say, uh, uh, tonight, don't say Goodnight. So... <laughs> Uh, I have that career connection with you. So anyway, you transition to the 80s. Music is like definitely changing, but you guys are just kind of like still doing your thing. And then you you come with Between the Sheets, which is such a massive, timeless record. And it came, uh, you know, a year and some change after uh, Sexual Healing. So talk a little bit about making that, that record. In the middle of that song, man, In Between the Sheets was like, oh, man. Everyone, everybody went crazy over that. Yeah. But that was at the time Michael Jackson recorded the Thriller. Yep. Yep. And so you know everybody would we were all turning our heads over there. Looking, <laughs> we're on the same company, distributed by the same company, and said he was doing a million records a week. You know. And so when that record made number one, we were still looking. Looking at the thrill, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a hell of a run he had for that album, man. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. <laughs> like six singles, all yeah. massive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're still yeah. dancing off of Billy Jean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was wow. Yeah, he had like it was like eighty three. It was like the tail end of eighty three, through, through almost eighty five. That that yeah. the album was dominant. Yeah, yeah, it still is. <laughs> yeah, it still it still is. And so then you um come back between the sheets with choosy lover which is a, again another timeless yeah that was, timeless record talk a little bit about that yeah i wrote that that was the second uh, single on our album and uh our album did, did i think our album did close to three and a half million three and wow. a half of close to four million mm-hmm. but everybody was talking about the thriller you know you, you mentioned uh your album doing two million at the time, you know, it was all right. But hey, man, have you heard the Thriller? You know, yeah, forty-four million. Yeah, we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't get a, we couldn't yeah. get away. You, yeah. you couldn't take take that out of your mind, you know, because yeah. we said, how, you know, what forty forty-four million? You know, how do you do that? You know, yeah. Wow. It was definitely a, a, an anomaly, and if you think about it, there was so many great artists black artists during that time yeah that were actually forced to stay in the black uh uh universe because he had absorbed so much uh space in r&b pop everywhere else and so we had a i mean you if you think about that that 82 to like 86 them four years yeah. there's a lot of good r&b that came out in that at that time it was a yeah. lot of good music but again yeah. thriller outshined everybody yeah and a lot of groups broke up because yeah. of that. Yeah. Earth, yeah. Wind, and Fire, everybody, you know, this just gave in. Yeah. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So uh, let's fast forward into the 90s. So you uh, kind of venture into more of a solo artist and you kind of reinvent yourself as Mr. Big. And um, my eldest brother died. Yeah. And and then my next, the next brother, 
he decided uh, just, just he wanted to his wife became a minister okay and he wanted to do ministry with his wife and uh i went to california and uh, met angela winbush yeah and uh she wrote the song for me smooth selling yeah and uh which was a big hit then uh, we did maybe two or three albums i did uh the next album was uh spend the night spend the night with me yeah. it was yeah. number one song too and then i met r kelly his mother was a big fan of ours and, and then uh, he was he knew so much of our, our music i know noticed in our uh, a couple of his songs he would do little bits and pieces of our record yeah and yeah. so he said i got this special record i want you to hear i think i want you to do it with me and he played for me keep it on the down low yeah yeah and that's how everything started yeah and, and you I guys the, the video you did was i remember the movie the original movie of because i remember seeing it uh what was that movie called it wasn't called Vengeance. It was called um, Re Revenge. Revenge. I knew it, was, yeah. it had a V in it somewhere. So yeah, Revenge. Uh, I remember that movie, and you guys kind of reenacted re that, and you became the persona, Mister Biggs. Yeah. What was that like for you? Because you know you had then been forty years almost in the business, thirty, forty years in the business, and then here you come reinventing yourself in another time as music has changed. And so you you embraced it and ran with it. So were, 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 was there any apprehension or you just said, man, I'm going to roll with this? Well, in the song, Download, the character that I played in the video was Mr. Biggs. Yep. And after that, the, the whole thing just changed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My name changed. Yeah. I'm walking down the street. Hey, Mr. Biggs, that, that's Mr. Biggs. You know? And yep. I'm still Mr. Biggs. Yep, yep. And uh, just from that video alone, you know, then I did uh, Contagious. Contagious. Yeah. <laughs> then I did Kelly Price. Yeah. You know, was the artist of my time. Yeah. With me and she just, a friend of mine. A friend of mine, yeah. Biggs and that. And, you know, and wow, you know. Yeah. There's got to be a documentary or a movie about you and your brothers and your 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 journey in this business. Please tell me you guys are working on something. We're working on it now, right now. Okay. okay. We're working All on right. it right now. Is it going to be documentary or like a straight movie? Yeah. Well, we're doing the documentary and we're going to do the movie. Okay, good, you know, I, good. I don't know who's going to play the part in the movie. Yeah, you got to start thinking about who's going to play you, bro. Yeah. Like, who is that person? <laughs> who's going to do Who's able to do you? That's tough. <laughs> we'll find someone. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm so looking forward to that because I think that you, your story is a unique story and you've touched so many different facets of music, not just black music, just music in general. And you inspire so many artists. So there's a lot of stories that we want to know. Like, I really want to know more about the Beatles. I want to know about the Rolling Stones. I want to know about Jimi Hendrix. I, I, I want to know about, you know, today, like the projects you have out now where you have co collaborated um, you the plug, right? So that's it. You got, you got right. the, the, the plug with uh, my man Two Chains. Yeah. But you know, you have all these current day artists. What is it that keeps you so connected to current trends? Because a lot of artists don't don't do that. There, there's a period where it just ends. So what what is it about you that keeps you connected? 
it's you know it seems as though I know everybody or everybody knows me, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we have conversations and stuff about the business. And they they want to do stuff on the records. And when I met Two Chain, we had like a, a, it's just one of them conversations about everything we have done and how he started his career. And you know, he wanted me to do something on his record, and I was doing doing the plug at the same time. And he fell in love with the you know with that, and he. Uh, Wrote something that you know you see in the interview, the what he wrote for the for the plug. I did something in his record. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you, it's uh, he did a, a a song called Atlanta. Okay, and I did something, and then you know, like uh, instead of me saying Atlantis, I said Atlanta. Okay. You right. gonna hear that? It's, it's okay. Got the, it. Just, it's off the chain. The same way you did Voice to Atlantis, you did yeah, Voice to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. You know I'm in. I'm in. You ain't got to sell me no more, bro. I think it's wow. gonna be his next single. Yeah. Wow. Well, Mr. Isley, man, I, I just really appreciate you uh, taking the time to just have a, have a conversation with me again. I'm just a big old fan, and um, you know, I'm a, I'm going to call my dad when I hang out with you and tell him I just spoke to Ron Isley. And that's going to mean more to him than anything else I've ever accomplished in my <laughs> in my career because you are just you know standing the test of time. So I want to make sure we all continue to give you your flowers while you you are still making all this amazing music. And we just look forward to the documentaries and the movies so we can really teach future generations thousands of years from now about you know the Isley brothers and the impact that you all have had to the culture. That's great. That's great. God bless you too, man. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ron Isley, the plug, Mr. Big, the legacy himself, the legend himself. Thank you for joining the Backstory Podcast. Thank you and God bless you. God bless you, brother. Coming up on the next Backstory Podcast, legendary hip hop producer and artist, Pete Rock. I was still building my name, so, but I got paid for that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that is what set it off. That remix is what set it off. Then I started doing a whole bunch of other remixes. Jump Around, Dice Effects, all this other stuff. And um, after Shut Him Down, my name started to bubble. The Backstory Podcast with Colby Kolb is an Urban One Incorporated Reach Media Pod is Good production, hosted and executive produced by yours truly, Colby Kolb, edited by Donkus. Follow us on Twitter at BackstoryPCC. On Instagram, get the backstory. Senior Director of Podcast Operations, Sierra Reed. For sales and corporate partnerships, Josh Romani and Michelle Marino. Digital Marketing, Walter Gaynor, J.R. Smith, and Tim Hall. Thanks again for listening to the Backstory Podcast.